Hello, I'm Enrange Eggplant. In this episode I'd like to talk about underwater actions in GURPS. While the GURPS basic set provides only general rules for fighting and performing other actions underwater, these rules usually are not enough for a proper underwater encounter. Aquatic hazards and even adventures come up often in my games. Thankfully, Pyramid issue 26 expanded upon that. It was a godsend to me. I'll talk about the various aspects of underwater actions such as movement, senses, attacks and advantages, skills and techniques that are related to underwater adventures. In addition, I'll show a couple of combat examples. Let's start with movement on water and under it. The most common way of movement in water is swimming. Swimming speed, also known as water move, is described on page 18 of GURPS basic set. That often overlooked small section also describes how to buy up and down the water move and how it interacts with amphibious and aquatic. The amphibious advantage described on page 40 of GURPS basic set lets the character move at full speed in water and provides other benefits that will be discussed later. If the character can only move in water but not on the ground, you should take the no legs aquatic disadvantage that is described on page 145 of GURPS basic set, without amphibious to avoid redundancy. That disadvantage comes in three forms, letting you depend on fins or masts that cannot be armored or lose your ability to dive for an additional point discount. There's another zero point disadvantage on the same page, no legs semi-aquatic, that basically reverses the normal ground and water move relationship but does not include the benefits of amphibious. This one is used for seals, for example. If you have no legs aquatic or amphibious, then you can also increase your top water speed by purchasing enhanced move water from page 52 of GURPS basic set. I find it strange that it excludes no legs semi-aquatic. Note that you don't have to take the horizontal disadvantage if you are aquatic but you might need it if you are semi-aquatic, for example, when making a seal but not an octopus. Swimming speed is described in more detail on pages 354 and 355 of GURPS basic set. It says when to roll against your swimming skill, discusses encumbrance penalties, involuntary submersion, inhaling water, drowning, shouting for help, life-saving, removing armor when swimming, Fatigue cost when swimming on high speed or just staying afloat. The swimming skill is described on page 224 of GURPS basic set and the life-saving technique is described on page 233 of GURPS basic set. The skill description notes that it does not cover high diving, use sports diving for that. Also, there's an additional snippet of rules in the SCOBA skill on page 219 of GURPS basic set. It should be noted that uh, overweight, fat and very fat provide bonuses to swimming rolls. The cannot float quirk prevents swimming. GURPS basic set does not cover wading at all. However, it is described on page 7 of Pyramid issue 26. That section tells you the movement penalties for wading in shallow water or moving along the bottom in deep water. The aforementioned cannot float quirk is very useful here, as it reduces these penalties. There are some alternatives to swimming and wading. Those are walking on the surface via the Vulcan liquid advantage, 
or flying through the water with the flight advantage, unless you have the limitations that prevent you from doing that. The submerged enhancement for a walk on liquid that is described on page 88 of Grif's powers lets you walk underwater too, not only on the surface. Using a vehicle might require such skills as boating, seamanship, submariner, or aquatic specializations of ship handling. GURP Space adds a new specialization for boating, hydrofoils. Note that moving in such a vessel can trigger the motion sickness disadvantage, or similar effects even for those who lack that disadvantage, as described under Sea Sickness on page 436 of GURP's basic set. When preparing for this episode, I remembered Total Annihilation and the seaplanes that can land and take off underwater. I wonder what skills these would be using. I'd make a new technique that falls to Submarine minus 2 or Piloted minus 2. Now let's talk about senses and communication underwater. The first advantage on the list is uh, Absolute Direction, that improves three-dimensional navigation underwater. Not that the navigational sense that guides migratory creatures is just a zero-point feature. A more accurate magnetic field sense that some fish and mollusks possess is described on page 18 of GURPS Power's Enhanced Senses. To navigate by stars or ocean currents, use the Navigation Sea skill. Page 7 of Pyramid issue 26 has detailed rules on vision penalties in water hearing in water and the positive effect of the enhanced time sense advantage. I find that section very important and useful. Not that some aquatic creatures, even mundane ones, can possess the obscure advantage that impose additional penalties on vision rolls. Octopi and squids come to mind. Also, many aquatic creatures have the peripheral vision advantage and the nictitating membrane to protect eyes. There is a sentence on page 22 of Girls Martial Arts Earth Fighting Styles that says that each level of nictitating membrane can eliminate a minus one penalty to vision rolls underwater. It's not very clear whether it applies to all vision penalties there or only to the minus two flat penalty to vision rolls. Ultra vision can greatly reduce vision penalties underwater. Some cephalopods should be given the polarization detection perk from page 26 of GURPS Powers Enhanced Senses. GURPS Basic Set provides one example of an underwater passive sonar built with a discriminatory hearing advantage on page 49. It should be noted that the limitation value of minus 30% for the advantage working only in water depends on the hydrographic coverage of the world. Page 110 says that it's minus 30% for Earth or a similar world. Sonar as an advantage is described on page 81 of GURPS basic set. It should be said that individuals with ultra-healing can detect it. GURPS powers enhanced senses has another variant, megahertz sonar, that has shorter range, higher resolution, and is inaudible to ultra-healing. Additionally, it lists some pre-built acoustic sensory abilities that might be useful underwater on pages 19 to 22. Hunting sonar, imaging sonar, sonar implants, infrasonic hearing, passive sonar, hydrophony, ultrasonic hearing, extreme ultrasonic hearing, and lateral line. The lateral line ability is based on the vibration sense advantage. 
Vibration sense is expanded in gross powers enhanced senses with a new variant, active electroreception that can be only used in water. The same book provides two pre-built abilities that are based on that advantage and the detect advantage on page 17, active electroreception and passive electroreception. Both of these abilities are said to be possessed by many fish. Sharks on page 457 of GURPS basic set also have subsonic hearing. I'm not sure whether smelling something underwater requires a smell or taste roll, but the aforementioned sharks have the discriminatory smell advantage. That makes me think that a smell roll is in order. GURPS space says that whales lost their ability to smell. That's something new to me. The universal smell perk on page 26 of GURPS Powers Enhanced Senses implies that smell can only be used either in air or underwater. The same page also has a long-range smell that is suggested to be given to sharks. Speech is typically impossible underwater, but there are some advanced breathing masks that allow that. The speak underwater advantage allows speaking underwater and has an enhancement that lets the creatures to speak uh, from water to air and from air to water, crossing the interfaces. The advantage is fundamentally unrealistic, but is a must among fantasy aquatic species, such as sea elves. Divers should probably take the gesture skill. Being able to talk underwater might be crucial for mages. Should a character with speak with animals that lets him communicate with aquatic animals have speak underwater to be actually be able to use it? I have no idea. There are two variants of the telecommunication advantage in GURPS Ultratech that could be used underwater for communication – directional sound and sonar comm. GURPS Power's enhanced senses also describes uh, one more exotic sense on page 23 – pressure sense. It is said to be possessed by fish and can only be used underwater. The newly released GURPS template toolkit 2 races has the new signal advantage. It might be useful too. GURPS basic set discusses the rules concerning high pressures on page 435. These rules are expanded in Pyramid issue 26, adding rules for nitrogen narcosis, oxygen toxicity, reprinting rules for the bands, describing surface pressure, crash death, psychology of diving, and temperature hazards. Thermal shock for sudden immersion in icy water is described on page 430 of GURPS basic set. Pressure support is a very useful advantage for those who want to venture underwater, and sealed often accompanies it. Operating a diving suit requires a diving suit skill. Aquatic creatures have the inverse of this skill. The hydra suit skill that is added on page 224 of GURPS space. Water itself can be a hazard to some supernatural creatures. GURPS basic set gives creatures with the body of fire meta trait weakness to water that deals 1d damage per minute. Thalassophobia is described on page 150. One other significant hazard of water is the lack of breathable air for the land dwellers. Holding your breath is described on pages 351 and 352 of GURPS basic set. Holding your breath can be made easier with a breath holding advantage, breath control skill, and doesn't breathe advantage without the oxygen combustion limitation. In addition, doesn't breathe protects the character from the bends. 
One thing that I think should be noted is using affliction to make the subject unable to breathe air. Since doesn't breathe gills that makes the creature only be able to breathe water is a zero-point feature, it cannot be afflicted normally. Afflict alternate form to do that. Of course, there are some other underwater hazards that may require a survival role to avoid. Survival for underwater terrain gets its own sets of specialization. Bank, deep ocean vent, freshwater lake, open ocean, reef, river stream, saltwater sea and tropical lagoon. Now, the last but not least, let's talk about actions in water, including combat. It is described in great detail in Pyramid issue 26 and summarized on page 22 of group's martial arts Earth fighting styles. If you are not amphibious or aquatic, are swimming and wish to roll against dexterity or dexterity based skill, you should roll against the lower of your swimming skill and your actual skill level. The 3D spatial sense advantage adds plus 2 to swimming skill for this purpose only. If you are amphibious or aquatic or are standing on the bottom, there is no intrinsic penalty to activity. The GM may wish to assign a penalty for actions that require fast movements. Note that this does not include semi-aquatic. Underwater, melee weapons attacks are made at a penalty that depends on the weapon's maximum reach. A half of this penalty can be both off with the underwater combat technique. This technique is described on page 28 of Girls Martial Arts Earth Fighting Styles. Water drag also reduces damage. Swank weapons get their damage reduced even more drastically than thrusting weapons. Reach C weapons are not penalized. Defenses are mostly unpenalized, but characters without aquatic, amphibious or cannot float must make a successful aquabatics roll to make a retreating defense when they have nothing to push off. Thrown weapons and other muscle-powered weapons have their range and damage reduced. Bows and crossbows generally do not function at all due to their material composition. Ranged attacks through the water surface suffer a penalty from refraction. Guns have their range reduced and water can cause malfunctions. The article also describes the water's effect on various ammo and cartridge types that can cause the gun to cease working. Gyrox and missiles work differently as well. Explosions have their blast damage increased, but fragmentation range is reduced drastically. Note that underwater demolition has a specialization of the explosive skills. Energy weapons work differently underwater, but most are ill-suited for it. There are some rules in GURPS Ultratech, but the article in GURPS Pyramid issue 26 provides an alternative. Sonic weapons, however, work at an increased range. Particle beams and plasma weapons generate a powerful steam plastic that can deal significant damage to the user. I think these rules should be expanded to cover supernatural fire attacks that are used underwater, such as the fireball spell. Speaking of magic, I have to note that if you are building spells with the advantages, for example, if you are using sorcery, then do not forget that the underwater enhancement exists. By default, sorcery buff spells lack it and can only be used as a touch spell underwater. Also, some area effect spells might require the drifting enhancement to make the effect drift with the currents. For mass combat, you have to use the strategy naval skill. 
There is a terrain adaptation underwater advantage in Girls Martial Arts Earth Fighting Styles that completely eliminates all the attack and damage penalties for fighting underwater. It does not say that it applies to only melee weapons, but I think it would make sense for it to remove the penalties for ranged weapons. Now let's show off some combat examples to see the rules in action. Example 1. Sea Elf vs Shark. For this example, let's use the Tiger Shark from page 457 of GURPS basic set and a Sea Elf with a trident to demonstrate the melee attack penalties. The Shark charges at the Elf from off-screen at a move 14, trying to slam him with its snout. The snout is a striker, so it probably does more damage if you use the expanded move and attack rules from page 107 of GURPS martial arts instead of a normal slam. But to avoid capping the, the skill at 9, the shark decides to just slam the elf. The shark's brawling skill is 15, and it takes a minus 2 penalty due to bad visibility underwater, and it rolls a 9. The shark could have ignored this penalty using its vibration sense, but it does not matter here. The elf tries to parry with the trident, rolling against 10, but rolls 14. The shark has HP 19, the elf has HP 10, and the speed is 14. The shark deals 3D damage and rolls 9. The elf deals 1D damage and rolls 2. The elf is knocked down automatically, because 9 is more than 5 higher than 2, and is knocked back 1 yard. Knocking down while underwater obviously is impossible, so we ignore it. Alternatively, the GM may represent it as being disoriented with the same mechanical effect. The elf makes an HT roll against his HT 10 and rolls a 6, he is not stunned. On his turn, the elf steps back and attempts to stab the shark. Let's say that the elf possesses the perk that lets him ignore the minus 2 attack penalty for wielding an exotic weapon. The elf has nictitating membrane 1 which reduces his visibility penalty to minus 1. The trident's maximum reach is 2 yards, so it takes a minus 8 penalty to attack, even if it is used at reach 1. The elf is experiencing a shock penalty of minus 4, so if his effective skill is 1, it's impossible to hit. To alleviate that, he uses a telegraphic allowed determined attack for a plus 8 bonus and a plus 2 bonus to the shark's defense. His effective skill level is now 9, he rolls a 6, the shark's dodge is 10, but it is penalized by 1 for dodging a trident, and gets a bonus of plus 2 due to the telegraphic nature of the attack. The shark rolls against 11, but rolls 12. The trident deals 1d plus 2 impaling damage with a 0.5 armor divisor. But the water drag gives it a minus 2 penalty, making it 1d damage with a 0.5 armor divisor. The elf rolls a 4. The shark has no DR, but due to the 0.5 armor divisor, it is still treated as having DR 1. Thus, the shark takes 3 impelling damage that transforms into 6 points of injury. The shark swims up to the elf and attempts to bite him. Its brawling skill is 15, minus 2 for visibility, minus 4 for shock, so it's actually 9, exactly the cap for a move and attack. However, the shark opts to make an all-out determined attack instead, which allows it to move up to half its move and ignore the skill cap. The shark rolls against 13, 
crosses an 8. The elf cannot defend due to allowed attacking last turn and gets beaten. The shark's bite deals 2d cutting damage. It deals 8 cutting damage that transforms into 14 injury and latches on. The shark can worry for automatic bite damage on subsequent turns, but it's obvious now that the elf has no chance to win. Example 2. Diver vs Octopus. Now let's put a diver against a mundane octopus. The octopus's tentacles are weak, but there are 8 of them. In addition, GURPS template toolkit 2 gives them a new advantage, good grip 2, that will give the octopus a plus 4 bonus to tasks that require a firm grip. Grappling definitely is one of these tasks. The diver gets close to the octopus trying to take a picture of it, and the octopus, instead of releasing ink and fleeing, decides to grab the diver. Its wrestling skill is 14, but using 8 arms at once gives it a plus 14 bonus making it 28. The octopus rolls a 4 and latches on. That's a critical hit that allows no defense. I will not describe this example round by round, because it would take too long and would be boring. Instead, I will say that in this case, takedown is impossible due to being in water. But if it were on the surface, then the octopus would have had a chance to perform it only due to its high wrestling skill. In case of a pin, the diver would have received a plus 3 bonus for being larger, and the octopus would have received a plus 3 bonus for using more hands, normalizing the chances. However, since this is a quick contest of strength, not wrestling, it's unlikely that the octopus succeeds. Choking or strangling is a more viable tactic here, because it receives a bonus per extra hand, not for having more hands in general. Breaking free from the grapple would be difficult for the same reason. The diver could try taking out a knife and stabbing the octopus, but that requires a dexterity roll. What I am trying to say here that grappling and using natural or close combat weapons underwater is the most viable tactic. Keep in mind that this is just a normal octopus, not a giant one. Those are terrifying underwater. And that's all for my segment. Thank you for watching and listening. See you next time.